The preceding message is brought to you by Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kingsword Everywhere Nigeria. We are recipients of your gift of salvation. In Jesus' mighty name we have worshipped. And in Jesus' name we have prayed. And somebody shouted a louder, Amen. Please turn to two or three people. Welcome them to church this morning. Tell them Happy Easter. If you are connected online with us, Happy Easter to you wherever you are as well. We trust that the resurrection power, the resurrection grace, the resurrection mercy, the resurrection favor, and everything that redemption offers will be your portion today and in this season in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. I want to just briefly talk to us um, and remind us about our redemption realities this morning. I have very little time, so I'm going to be very brief. I'm going to be very direct. It's Easter Sunday morning. Turn to a neighbor and say, Happy Easter one more time. <laughs> Prophesy to that neighbor. Say, the God that kept you from Easter 2021 <laughs> to see Easter 2022. If the Lord Jesus tarries, he will keep you to see Easter 2023 in the name of Jesus. And this new year, you are starting from today. Just tell him, this new year, you are starting from today. Will be your best year to date. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Praise God. We are grateful to experience another Easter. And we've been celebrating Easter since Friday, really good Friday. We had an amazing, amazing good Friday um, Easter production. Again, I want to appreciate everyone that labored tirelessly towards um, Friday's three o'clock Easter production. The choir, um, the creation, um, creative team, all the presenters, all the ushers, and all the workers, um, the outreach team. It was such an awesome experience. And in case you missed it, I really encourage you to go to our YouTube channel and watch. I hear they needed to make some adjustments. There were some sound issues, technical issues. They should sort that out hopefully by today. So if you want to relieve the experience or if you miss the experience, um, you can watch it again. So we've been celebrating since um, Friday. As we ought. You should celebrate what Easter means. You should know what it means. And you should celebrate it at every opportunity you have. Ideally, you should celebrate it every day. But there are other things we have to do. So this is the wisdom that mankind has come up with. Because um, we have other things to do. For the things that are important, we have a memorial date usually annually, if it's that important, where we will remind ourselves again of what happened on that particular anniversary. And that's what I want to briefly talk to us about this morning. 
it's possible someone does not know what happened. Maybe you've never been to church. Or maybe you've been to church, but you are not interested in what is being said or taught or preached in church. Or maybe there was a time you heard about what happened, you enjoyed what happened, but the pressures of life, the cares of this world, and there's a lot of that going on in our world today. It has become more real to you than these redemption realities we are talking about. So that may be a category of people. And then there may be others. You know what happened, and you're actually living it, but we still need to remind ourselves of these truths. So I encourage you to pay attention and listen again. I'm going to touch on four redemption realities because of time. And I just want to encourage you again to live out these realities. You know, when the teenagers finished their presentation, I was asking myself, what was the purpose of that drama? Pastor <laughs> Inda said, have they finished? But when we started worshiping, I had even said, oh, so that's the message that God was trying to communicate to them. You know, when people come on your stage as a pastor and say that you don't have to give God anything but your praise, you, you question that doctrine. <laughs> don't tell them they don't have to give anything, no. I mean, I'm just telling you how we pastors think. <laughs> I always say truth is not a one-way street. It is true. Quite is when we're worshiping that I don't know. Yeah, this is all we can do. We can just return the glory and the praise to God in worship. As simple as that skit was, it carried so much truth. Now, you don't take a truth and take it to an extreme. Oh, they've said, ah, uh, it's just praise and worship, I'm going to give God. So that I'll just be coming to church, I'll just be singing. I will not pay tithe, I will not give offering, I will not, I will not give God anything. No, that's an extreme. Although that was stated there, that's an extreme of what that message is. In fact, you can communicate your praise and your thanksgiving through your money as well. And you should. But the truth is, we have nothing else to give God. We can't pay him for what he has done. We can't buy what he has done. We can only believe it, receive it, and praise him adequately for it. Can I hear loud him? Yeah. And that's how you begin to enjoy these realities. And when I say enjoy, I mean actually manifesting in your life. John 10 verse 10 again. Let me quickly run because of time. The thief, Amplified Translation... We're talking about redemption realities this morning. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. This is Jesus speaking here. We're all familiar, or most of us are familiar with this text. I came that they may have life. This is why I came. This is why I died. And this is why I resurrected from the grave. That you might have life. The God kind of life, not just human life. There are some human lives that if somebody should come to you today, the world's wealthiest man, let's assume you have value for wealth, which most of us on one level or another do. Elon Musk walks up to you today and says, Pastor Barry, let us trade lives. My life for your life. At the minimum, you will consider it. Am I right or am I right? 
<laughs> and who knows, he may even accept the deal. <laughs> you know, Elon Musk is trying to buy Twitter now. They are talking about that. And he's telling them, I will give you guys 45 billion. Sell your company to me. They are still thinking about it. It depends on the value you have for, for, for wealth. Is what is offering me worth more than what I have currently? Praise God. Jesus said, I've come to take your wretched life, and our lives were wretched before he came, and I will give you the God kind of life. And you are supposed to have that God kind of life. That means as you are living on this earth, you are supposed to live out the God kind of life. In, in Paul's epistles, he calls it newness of life. And you are supposed to have it in abundance. He didn't just give us a tiny portion. A tiny portion would have been wonderful. He gave us all of the life he has. Have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. That ought to be the reality of life that we are all living in. Praise God. Now, that may not be your experience, and I dare to say there is no body on the face of the earth, no born-again human person that is fully living this scripture out. However, you can take this ideal statement of Jesus and it becomes a compass for your life. And you start walking your way towards it. I love the way the Americans say it concerning their constitution. Americans will tell you it's written their constitution, all men are created equal. And if you know the history of that country, there was a time where all men were not equal even though their constitution said so the black people were treated as slaves and other minorities. But over time, God started raising leaders for them. They, they had the civil rights movement, or even before that, emancipation from slavery. They even fought a civil war because there are people that rose up and said, no, what we really believe in this country, please hear me and hear me very well, is that we are all equal, regardless of the color of our skin. And some people said no. Some people are superior to other people. And they fought a civil war over it. I'm going to come back to that word, fight. Time permits me. And many people died. Eventually, the right side won. And though till today, and perhaps still forever on this side of eternity, they may never ever live out the fullness of the reality of that statement that is written in the constitution of their nation. That so happens to be the most successful, democratically run experiment on the face of the earth and in human history. What we are seeing playing out in Ukraine today is still the same torso that has been there from the beginning of mankind. Cain killing Abel. Brother trying to dominate another brother. That's the bottom, it's, it's been there from the beginning. Someone thinking, I'm superior to you, I'm stronger to you, I can take your own. And you are going to be subjected to me. Until over time, human beings say, let's be democratic. Nobody is superior to everybody, anybody. We are all creatures of God. They say children of God, but let's use creatures for the purpose of my discourse this morning. 
we can live in peace and harmony. And when we have disputes and we want to agree on what will be beneficial for us collectively, every man can have a say. It doesn't work out in every part of the world. But thank God their own experiment has worked that much. But it's not perfect. But bless God, where they are today, 230-something years after, they are closer to that ideal than they were 200 years ago. Are you still here with me this morning? Just recently they celebrated that the first time ever a black woman was um, confirmed to be a Supreme Court judge in their country. That could not happen 200 years ago. A black woman. She would be a slave walking somewhere in the fields. But you can see the progress the country has made as imperfect as they are. That's what you do with scriptures. That's what you do with scriptures. It's like a North Star. It points you to where your life should be heading. That may not be where you are today. You may not look like you have the life of God. You may not feel like you have the life of God. You may not think you have the life of God, but you have a written document, and this one is superior to the American Constitution. Can I hear a loud amen? amen. That tells you, hallelujah, Jesus came for you to have eternal life. Can I hear somebody shout, I have eternal life? That is not a shout. Shout, I have eternal life. And you, you hold on to it. And you keep walking your way towards it. Even when your circumstances seem to deny that, what's happening? Praise God. I want to give you four things, four redemption realities that when we say you have eternal life, or when Jesus said, I want you to have eternal life, remember these things. You may not be leaving them out today. Maybe you are ignorant about them. Maybe you have forgotten about them. Maybe there is a putting in the spirit trying to encroach on your freedom. You need to know that this is so what Jesus said, and you resist with a fight. If you fight, you will win. Hallelujah. Because heaven will back you up. If you don't fight, he will run over you. Because you've not believed what heaven has said about you. Number one, freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. If you have received Jesus and accepted this life, you are no longer under the bondage of sin. You do not have to suffer the consequences of your sin. And most importantly, you don't have to suffer the consequences of the sin of the first man, the original man. Please let me elbow your neighbor and say, hear what we are saying this morning. No. <laughs> the problem with some people is a lack of understanding of these fundamentals may even be what is affecting their bread and butter issues on the streets. I don't have the time to start opening that up. But elbow that neighbor again, say, hear what we are saying this morning. Freedom from sin, including guilt, condemnation, and shame. 
you are no longer under the bondage of the mistakes of your past. Oh, I killed someone. Oh, I raped someone. Oh, I stole money. Oh, I... You don't have to be under the bondage of the guilt of that thing. And most importantly, what it's really talking about is that the sin of Adam in the garden, because that sin came with consequences. Consequences of sickness, disease, poverty, and all the chaos you see all around. You don't have to be under the bondage of that thing. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Let's read from verses 1 to 5. And please open your heart and hear the word of the Lord again this morning. There is therefore now, somebody shout now. This is our reality. This is the ideal that God has made available for us. We may not be there yet. We may still have to fight a war. We may still have to fight for our rights. But if we keep fighting and pressing and believing, one day, hallelujah, we will see the manifestation on ever-increasing levels in our lives. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Let's run it all the way to verse 5. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. Somebody shout, I am free. Hallelujah. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh. Watch this. This is what we are celebrating today on Easter Sunday morning. God did something. God did something. What did God do? And how did he do it? He set us free from sin and condemnation and guilt for once and forever. How? By sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh. On account of sin, he condemned sin in the flesh. Glory be to God. So that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. Not because of what we have done, but because of what he did. Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirits? And finally, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh, set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Hallelujah. We could spend a whole day trying to break down those verses. But we don't have that time. The most important thing to understand is that because of what Jesus did... On this day, over 2,000 years ago, I can now be free from every sin. Hallelujah. I can walk in liberty. Not that I have liberty to keep sinning. However, I have liberty that if I sin, I can be forgiven of that sin. And I can walk in a power stronger than the power of that sin to the point where I don't have to be subject to that sin again. Can I hear a loud amen? Hallelujah. Say, I'm free from sin. That's my reality. Hallelujah. You need to know how to say that even when you are struggling with temptations and condemnation and guilt. I'm free from sin. Number two, quickly because of time. Let me say this to us here. For those of you that you will need further details and explanation, I don't have that time this morning. We have a discipleship program in church. We call it King's World Training Institute. We run it all through the course of the year. We run some classes in the first quarter of the year. Another set of classes will begin in the second quarter of the year. You need to go and learn these things. 
and more detail be given to you so that you can walk in the reality of we are not disputing whether you have this thing you have it somebody shout i have it, I have it. but if you don't know you have it and if you're not ready to fight for it you may never experience it that will not be your portion in jesus name so please, if these things sound a little strange or foreign to you, I encourage you the next time we announce KTI classes, make sure you enlist. Can I hear a loud amen? amen? Look at the second reality of our redemption, healing and sound health. And I'm talking physical healing. But not just limited to physical healing, healing in our bodies, healing in our minds, in our emotions. Healing, when sickness and disease attack our body, one of our redemption privileges is to overcome the attack of sickness and disease. And not just that, to live in good, sound health. Hallelujah. As long as we desire it, till when we are ready to leave this world, he paid for it with his blood. 1 Peter 2.24 summarizes that package for us very well. Who himself, talking about Jesus, bore our sins in his own body. And by the way, that's the root of this, and that's why we started with sin. The root of all the problems we deal with on the face of the earth today. The root of sickness and disease. The root of poverty. The root of wars and rumors, rumors of war. And economic challenges and all the negative things we see on the face of the earth. It's because of the sin of Adam. So Jesus came and he bore our sin. Took that root away. Glory be to God. Bore our sin in his own body on the tree. That we haven't died to sins. Hallelujah might live for righteousness. We could talk about all these things over and over again. By whose stripes we are healed. Hallelujah. Somebody shout that part. By whose stripes I am healed. Oh, shout it like you hear what I'm saying this morning. By whose stripes I am healed. Again, back to the analogy of an ideal and your experience. So your experience today may be a sickness has taken over your body. It may have been there for a long time. You've done everything you need to, you know, to do. Doctors have done everything you need to do and you don't seem to be getting better. You need to know and you need to be reminded your ideal and your reality is that by the stripes of Jesus I am healed. And if you will stay focused on that idea and keep walking to it, one day, <laughs> praise God. Like, I, I love, I was watching a video about that Supreme Court judge justice that she, 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 she when she was not finally nominated, she made a very powerful statement. She said, in her own family, we know America is not perfect, we know all the negative and racial issues, but she said, look at what has happened in my family. In one generation, we have moved from segregated, segregated schools. When our parents were born, they could not go to school with white children. If you know their history, black people go to this school, black people ride this bus, segregation. We have moved from segregation to Supreme Court justice in one generation. How did that happen? They kept looking at that ideal in their constitution. 
all men are created equal. This is the ideal in this country. That may not be our experience today. They may be telling us that we can't go where white people are going. We can't go to the school where white people are going. We can't eat what people are eating, but that is not our ideal. That's not our reality. Our reality in this country, in this land, is that we are all equal. And if I want to be a judge in the Supreme Court, I can make it there. If you don't keep your eyes focused on it, if you say because, yo, there's sickness in my body, I'm not going to hold on to my stripes, I'm healed, you may never see that healing. But in spite of sickness and disease in my body, if you hold on to your ideal, hallelujah, in scriptures, that by his stripes I am healed, praise God. You can be rest assured one day it will be your reality. Am I making sense to somebody this morning? I'm telling you what you have in Christ Jesus. I'm telling you what the resurrection of Christ means to you. Number three, quickly, because of time. I love this one. Peace and prosperity. You can't sleep well at night. No, that's not your portion. You are not happy with your life. No, that's not your portion. You are not enjoying your life. No, that's not your portion. You are struggling to make ends meet. No, that's not your portion. Even in a country like this, that is not your portion. Your portion by right of redemption is to have peace. That's what actually means wholeness. It means nothing missing, nothing broken. I like to add this to other words with nothing lacking, nothing stolen. It includes your restoration, your recovery, and wholeness. Somebody shout, I have peace. You are still not shouting. Shout, I have peace. By reason of redemption. Glory be to God. John 14 verse 27. Again, the Lord Jesus speaking, peace I live with you. So it's just before he went to the cross. Peace I live with you. Peace in your marriage, peace concerning your business, peace concerning your children, peace concerning your relationships, peace concerning your career, peace I live with you. You should be able to go to bed and sleep soundly concerning your children. Sleep soundly concerning your husband and your wife. Now, that may not be your experience. There may be tension and turmoil in that home. But you understand, this is my ideal. This is my North Star. This is my guiding light. This is my redemption reality. And if I hold on to it, fight for it, believe for it, one day, glory be to God. It may not be today yet. Hallelujah. Peace I live with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. I love this part. And this is a word for somebody today. Let not your heart be troubled. I know you may not have enough money in your bank account. But thus said the Lord to you, let not your heart be troubled. I know Nepal may not have given you light in your area for the last two months. Let not your heart be troubled. You may have just lost a job. 
or maybe a business you invested in Christ, let not your heart be troubled. You have something greater than all those things. It is called peace. Hallelujah. And it comes from God himself. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Why? I'm giving you something called peace. Praise God. Second Corinthians chapter 8 verse 9. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Let somebody declare with us this morning, I know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Say it again, I know that grace. I have that grace. I'm a recipient of that grace. I enjoy that grace. And remember, these are your scriptural ideals. This what you have. A devil may be trying to rob you of it, but you hold on to it. Don't let any devil keep you on the slave field. When your son or your daughter can be a Supreme Court justice, it may take years of fight, but it's still your reality. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who though he was rich, hallelujah, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that you, glory be to God, through his poverty might become rich. Ah, we need this in this part of the world. I always say, if we were living in Switzerland, or some of those very wealthy Western countries, where the government has actually come up and said internet is a fundamental human right. Can you imagine? <laughs> we, we are still praying for protection from armed bandits. That armed bandits will come and kill people. We won't hear him from president. And there's another country that is telling them, protection, okay, covered. Health, covered. Education, covered. Housing, covered. Internet. In other words, if you don't have high-speed internet, oh, you can come and take us to court. Or don't vote for us in the next election. <laughs> we will get there. <laughs> Do you know that's part of our peace? That's wholeness. <laughs> imagine living in that kind of country. You can only imagine. But there are countries that guarantee that. Praise God. Somebody say, peace and prosperity is my portion. Come on, close your eyes and meditate for a moment. Say, peace and prosperity is a redemption reality. Hallelujah. Let me ask you a question here. And I'm going back to my example of America. And let's even come a bit more to modern times. In the days of Martin Luther King, some of us are a bit familiar with this story. So let me assume most of us are. When someone like that will rise up and start challenging the authority of the land, that you can't say black people cannot have certain rights. It's inside our constitution. Imagine, I, I, talk, I talked to you the other day about simulation, that one of the best ways to build your faith is to simulate. Remember that when I said the way they train American fighter jet players, um, pilots, they don't wait till the day they have to fight a battle. They've built a simulator, go and practice how to fly the plane. So when the enemy shoots against you, you will know how to respond. So simulate with me this morning, please hear me. 
If you are living in those days, let's, let's bring fighting for your rights to practical example. And God raised a prophet in the land or a minister in the land and start fighting the government. You, it's in the constitution that black people are not, subject, are not inferior to white people. If you are living in those days, which part of the divide will you stand? There were some black people that rose up with him and said, yes, let's fight for our rights. And there were some other black people that said, hey, if we fight, they will kill us. And they cowered in fear. On a spiritual level, the same fight you and I are fighting today. You can take the truth of God's word and choose to stand and claim what Christ has obtained for you. I cannot, even if I'm living in a third world country, even if I'm living in a place where there's economic challenges, my constitution, hallelujah, tells me my reality is peace and wholeness. And I can stand and fight for it. Glory be to God. Until it becomes mine. Today in America, just like we are celebrating Easter Sunday, and I don't even know whether they celebrate Easter Sunday or have a public holiday in America. They don't. They are going to work in America tomorrow morning. In America, they have a public holiday for Dr. Martin Luther King. Now, I'm not saying make Martin Luther King your savior. That's not my point. <laughs> but are you following what I'm saying? Somebody saw something that was written. And he saw that, ah, we are not enjoying it. And he looked at what was written. That's not what we're enjoying. What is written? What are we enjoying? And instead of staying with what we are not enjoying, experiencing, he said, no, this is our right. And like Jesus, he died for it. Glory be to God. Let me close with this one. This is the fourth one. Warriors is a package of your redemption. I call this one destiny fulfillment. Hallelujah. There are two parts to this truth. Number one, you have a God-ordained destiny. You are not an accident. You didn't come to this world by chance. You are not a creature of mistake. God planned your life. God prepared something special for your life. God ordained you to come and fulfill something on the face of this earth. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you that the death and the resurrection of Christ has guaranteed you fulfillment of that destiny. It will help you to locate that destiny. Glory be to God. And not only locate that destiny and find that destiny, it will help you to fulfill that destiny. Praise God. Hear the word of God with me again this morning. Romans chapter 8 from verse 29. For whom he foreknew. And he was referring to us children of God. He's saying that before we came to this world, God knew us. God knew the one that would be a preacher. God knew the one that would be a businessman. God knew the one that would be a politician. God knew the one that would be a musician. God knew the one that would be an apostle. God knew the one that would be whatever God created each one of us to be. He foreknew us. And not only did he foreknew us, he predestined us. I'm sending you to the world at so so time. This is what you are going to do. Hallelujah. Help me look at your neighbor and say, there is a plan for your life. <laughs> Glory be to God. Ah, there's a plan for your life. 
in the midst of turmoil, glory be to God, one of the best things you can understand is there's a plan for my life. You may be a Joseph serving as a slave in Potiphar's house. You need to understand there's a plan for your life. They may have thrown you in prison, condemned on death row. You need to understand in the midst of that mess, somebody shout again, there's a plan for my life. A plan of God. <laughs> I remember the first time I had this truth. See, I grew up in a household where I knew that my parents had a plan for me. You will go to this primary school. After that, you are supposed to go to secondary school. After that, you should go to university. After that, I, there was, we had had those conversations. Then one day I came to church. And the preacher was preaching. Maybe I said it before I didn't hear. But that day I had. You mean to tell me that much more than my parents planned for my life. God in heaven planned my life. Ah, say it again. <laughs> tell me again. You know when David came to the battlefront and they were saying, whoever kills Goliath, you will marry the king's daughter. Your house will be tax-free. You will be this. He said, eh, tell me again. You are serious. This uncircumcised Philistine, if I kill him, I will marry, say it again. I mean, I, 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 I must have fallen off my seat. God has a plan for my life. You mean God has a plan? God has thought out my life. God has planned what I should experience. Tell me again. Man, it changed my life forever. And I'm telling you today, Jesus came and died... So that number one, you can discover that plan for your life. Glory be to God. And not only that, fulfill it. Look at the text. Let me finish reading the text. It's amazing. He foreknew us and he predestined us. In other words, he planned our lives. Watch. To be conformed to the image of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's where you're going to end up. Somebody say conformity to the image of Christ. I can't hear you this morning. Conformity to the image of Christ. In just three and a half years, the disciples of Jesus are still tasting that reality. When they came to arrest him in Gethsemane, they could not tell Jesus from Peter, from John, from Andrew. Yes, it was at night. But they had conformed on a level. They couldn't know. Judas had told them that it is the one I kiss. That's the one. They were ignorant men when he met them. You know, he told them, follow me. Glory be to God. I will make you. Look at somebody and say, God has a plan for your life. <laughs> Unlearned and ignorant men. But that night, they couldn't tell them. They couldn't tell the difference. On a level, glory be to God. They had conformed. They were not perfect yet. <laughs> By the time the Holy Ghost came in the book of Acts, they took it to another dimension. He got to the point and said, when they saw them, they said they knew that they had been with Jesus. They were talking like Jesus, healing like Jesus, blessing like Jesus, conformed to the image of Christ. Every one of us has that same destiny. Oh, can, I say, can I hear somebody say, God has a plan for my life? Let me read on. Be, to be conformed to the image of Christ, that he may be the firstborn among many brethren. I love this part, verse 30. Look at it very carefully. Moreover, 
those that he had a plan for, that he predestined. What did he do? He called us. And you notice how God calls. He sends a message to you. It's like a phone call. You can answer or you can ignore. Unfortunately for some of us, we ignore. This is God calling. He calls by sending someone to tell you, I have a plan for your life. It's ringing. He called those that he has a plan for. If he didn't have a plan for you, he won't call you. You probably will never hear this message. And you should understand. Child of God, you should understand. This is a privilege. To be able to come to a place like this where you can hear such glorious words. There are people that live on the face of death. Nobody ever told them Jesus loved them. Nobody ever told them Jesus died for them. Nobody ever told them God has a plan for their life. So they just lived anyhow. And suffered anyhow. We are privileged. Those of us that have the prayer of hearing the gospel, the good news. And that's why we must tell others as much as possible. He called. But he didn't just call us. When we respond to the call, he justifies us. This is where we started from. There is now no condemnation for us. Our sin cannot stop us. The sin of Adam cannot stop us. The sin of our fathers cannot stop us. The sins of our nation cannot stop us. We are justified by the blood of Jesus. Nothing can stop us. But you see, we must hear the call. And the call is, I have a plan for your life. Come and follow me. But not only does it justify us, glory be to God, and whom he has justified, those that will accept the fact that they are no longer under the dominion of sin, what will happen? He glorifies us. He will live a glorious life. Praise God forevermore. And we talked a bit about that at the beginning of the year. Look how beautiful the glory of God is when he begins to walk in your life. Verse 28 of the same Romans chapter 8. Look at verse 28. And we know. This is the beauty of God's glory. You know, we told you God's glory is all that God is, all that God has, all that God can do. The best that God can do for you in your life affairs. What is that best that God can do for you? All things work together for good to those that love God and to those who are the called according to his calling, his purpose, his plan for their life. Praise God. So God can, out of your darkness, bring out marvelous light. Praise God. Out of your sorrow and pain, he can bring out beauty. It can bring out joy. Out of ashes, it can bring out beauty. Out of your losses, it can bring out restoration and promotion. Hallelujah. All things working together for my good. Somebody declare that with me this morning. All things, good or bad. Come on, wave your finger like this. All things are working together for my good. Why? God has a plan for my life. Throw me in jail. God has a plan for my life. It will work for my good. Sell me into slavery. It will work for my good. Pursue me all over the nation as a fugitive. It will work. I will still get to that palace. 
In fact, your pursuit of me as a fugitive, King Saul, is what is going to bring me to the throne. And I will become the King David that God has planned for my life. All things are working together for my good. Why? God has a plan for my life. Redemption. Now, that may not be your experience. Let me go back to my American analogy. So America has come to a place, from a place where black people were slaves and treated sometimes even below animals and stripped of their right and dignity. They've now experienced a black president. That's the highest office in the land. Year one of the country, they didn't have it. Year 10, they didn't have it. Year 100, you could not even think about something like that. But some people kept believing. Glory be to God. And one day, at least in the lives of certain people, it became a reality. Now, I'm not saying that it will take 200 years for the scriptures to become a reality in your life. That's not my point. Do you understand that? I'm just giving you an example in the natural. If you will look at the promises, I told you at the beginning of this chapter series, your greatest weapon is the promises of God. And you see yourself in these promises. Praise God. Ah, this is me God is talking about. That may not be your experience today. But you keep believing it. Glory be to God. One day. Hallelujah. Look at what Apostle Paul said. I will close with this text. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Let me hear somebody shout again. God has a plan for my life. <laughs> Say it two or three more times to convince yourself. God has a plan. God has a plan. God has a plan. Ah, I can't feel somebody yet. God has a plan. Say the blood of Jesus was not shed in vain where my life is concerned. God has a plan for my life. The body of Jesus was not broken in vain where my life is concerned. <laughs> I have fought the good fight. This is the language of people that know God has a plan for their lives. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. Hallelujah. I have done what? Kept the faith. Now, remember where Paul started from? He was persecuting the church, killing Christians, locking them up in prison, not knowing of God's plan for his life. Then on the road to Damascus, I pray today's service will be a road to Damascus experience for somebody in the name of Jesus. He had an encounter with God. And he started that journey. And at the end of his journey, see, it takes a fight. Like black people in America to fight for their freedom. Fight for their liberty. Until they start becoming president. And justices. It has always been there. It was always their reality. From the first day they wrote that constitution. But it takes a fight. You can't be someone that because Satan slapped you with sickness... Or Satan slapped you with a marital challenge. You forget what Christ has done for you. No, that's not the way you get it. You fight the fight of faith. You run the race. You finish your course. Because God has a plan for you. 
regardless of the challenges, personal, national, global, Putin, whoever, you fight for your reality. The blood of Jesus was not shed in vain where you are concerned. Hallelujah. Look at the next verse. In fact, stand up together. Let's read this one. Go to verse 8. This is what happens and this is where God wants you to be. Are your eyes on the screen? Finally. <laughs> Glory be to God. Look, when you fight, a time comes. Finally, I've had the financial breakthrough. Finally, I've experienced the healing. Finally, I've married. Finally, I've had the children. Finally, I've succeeded in my career. It may not be the first day you start fighting. And ultimately, look at this one Paul told us, we will all say, finally there is laid for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge will give to me on that day. Hallelujah. I love his confidence here. He has not seen it, but he believed it. That when I get to heaven, glory be to God, God is going to give me a righteous crown. This is the words of someone that knew God has a plan. And this is the best part I want you to hold on to today. Look at that last sentence. And not to me only. This is not a special privilege. It's not to me only. It's not for me only. But also to how many people? Look at your neighbor and say, does that include you? Are you interested in fulfilling destiny? Not only me, but also to all who have loved is appearing. Glory be to God. There are many ways we can interpret that is appearing. But one sure way is that he came. He died. He appeared to us in flesh. And on this Easter Sunday, several years ago, he rose again. <laughs> when he says love, it means we are happy about it. We are glad about it. We believe it. That he came he died for us so that we can fulfill our destiny as well. Praise God forevermore. Throw your hands up in the air this morning where you are. And just celebrate God for his plan for your life. Celebrate him. Celebrate him. If what I said made any sense to you, tell God, Father, I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. The preceding message was brought to you by King's Word Everywhere, Nigeria. We are located at Kingsword Auditorium, Etel Avenue, behind NNPC Filling Station, First Bank Bus Stop, off Kudarat Abiola Way, Argun, Lagos. Email kmiafrica at kingsword.org. Telephone 234-810-00-006-40.